to the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce podcast, your local business community resource. My name is Denise Heidel. Not only do I serve as your podcast host, but I'm also the executive director of the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce. On behalf of the Chamber, thank you for listening and for your support of the Chamber business community. Hello, everybody. I'm Denise Heidel, and I'm your podcast host today. Um, We are in February, which means it is social media month. And today I am joined by Pam Baldwin, who is a university professor on social media. So I I have a real expert here with me today. And so, Pam, thank you so much for joining me on the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce podcast. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) I'm so excited to have you here. And I also understand you're an artist. Yes, I so am an artist. Tell me, tell me a little bit about your artwork. Um, well, I started out um, several years ago. I was a full-time artist and I had a business called Paper Clutch. So I turned my art into invitations and stationery. And that's how I got my start in social media was promoting my business and promoting myself um, on the online space. And then now I have transitioned into more of a um, director role with Women in Motion of High Point. And so now I get to just do fun things with my art. So I do a lot of um, abstract and and uh, just fun, whatever I think, mixed media art pieces. So um, I still sell, I still promote myself a little bit on Instagram um, with my art, but it's really just fun now. So I love that. Well, that's wonderful to have a creative outlet like that. And I've seen some of your work. It's really beautiful. So thank you. So, and, and how did you end up with High Point University as a professor of social media? I mean, that's just incredible to me that, you know, 20 years ago, Nobody knew what social media was, and now you graduate with a degree in it, right? Yes, so it's pretty new. Um, I think maybe in the coming year or two, that will be the first group of students with a social media degree. And so I am the director of Women in Motion, as I mentioned, and I've really grown Women in Motion through social media. Um, I've kind of taken us to the next level, really about utilizing the things I learned as a um, small business owner and using social media. And so one of my board members um, is the Dean of Communications at High Point University. And you know, there is no one with a degree in social media currently. And so with my expertise, and I have a I have a master's as well, um, they asked if I would be an adjunct professor. Um, and so I've taught two classes, typically a semester. This semester, I kind of cut back to one because Women in Motion, we are going strong. And so that's a lot of work. Um, and so I teach one class right now this semester. It's applied social media. So it's really kind of one of those things where making connections with people and using my talents and my skills that I've learned along the way that have kind of put me in this position to be able to teach others, which I love teaching other people. That is amazing. So mm-hmm. I guess my next question is, when do you sleep? You have a very full plate. Well, I do. I am. um, I actually don't work as much as I did when I had a business, which is kind of funny to to see that. But um, I paint when I want to. I have two kids. And so I run them around um, as well. But I work only part time with Women in Motion. So it's a part time position right now. It'll probably, you know, transition into something more. Um, And then teaching one class, I've taught them so much lately that I kind of have it down pat now and I come in, I know what I'm talking about and I, I can run with that. Um, I've always had a full plate. I don't think I know what to do sitting still. So, um, you know, I just, 
I have learned to step back some. And so this season, I think 2023 is about me stepping back a little bit and making sure that, you know, I give the most attention to where it needs to be. Um, but I love to learn. I love learning about social media. So like, it just comes natural. It doesn't seem like a job. None of my things seem like jobs. It's fun. I love it. Well, I mean, you have to kind of lo- love to learn about social media because it's always mm-hmm. changing. So, yes. and I mean, and I know it can get overwhelming and a little bit, um, well, a lot intense, honestly. We're going to take a quick pause from today's podcast to recognize one of our sponsors, Marzano Capital Group. Hi, this is Mike McGilvery, financial advisor and partner at Marzano Capital Group in Clemens. We are privileged to serve this great community, and we strive to help our clients by building wealth management plans tailored to their specific goals. Consistent client communication is the cornerstone of our process, and we hope to add value to your financial planning needs. Once again, thank you to Marzano Capital Group for their support of the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce. And now, let's get back to the podcast. So we're going to be talking today, um, really, you know, like I said, the month of February is all about social media for the Chamber um, podcast. So, but today we're going to be talking about how to implement a strong social media plan. And I think this is where a lot of people get um, hung up and, you know, just a little bit overwhelmed, you know, um, in other conversations throughout uh, February, we're going to be talking about, you know, why social media matters to a business and what kind of platforms are the best kind of platforms for your business to choose and what kind of policies should you have in the workplace and healthy social media habits. So we're, we're covering a lot in February. But I guess one of the questions that I have for you right off the bat is what are some of the best practices for developing a social media plan? What are the best practices? Well, um, I would say number one is try not to get overwhelmed. Step back for a second and ask yourself, why am I even using social media? What is the point? Um, I think you need to know your why first, so that way you can implement a plan. Um, And your why could be something as simple, I want to get brand awareness. I want people to know about my brand, or maybe it's I want to make sales. Um, Really thinking about why you're using the platform, not because I have to or everybody else does, but why are you using it? Um, what is the benefit there? So um, I think first and foremost is kind of knowing your why and then breaking that why down into actionable steps in order to achieve what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. That's really, that's really good advice because I mean, you know, we talk about the why, why do we do business? Why do we get up every morning? Why do we do that? But I, I, I really like that you're applying it to social media because it is such a time intensive process sometimes, Mm -hmm. depending on, of course, the business and, you know, and how much you're willing to put into it. I mean, but clearly we have people who do this full time. So you could spend literally a full-time job doing this. So um, for a small business um, who maybe doesn't have the manpower, you know, understanding that why and those objectives, I agree with you. That's, that's really good advice. So um, what, when you're talking with your class and and other people and you're giving guidance, I know one of the big questions I hear a lot from people is how often should I post on social media? How often is too often? How often is too little? Well, it really doesn't, there's no magic number. Okay. So it really depends on your manpower. You know, if you're a big corporation, you can post two to three times a day. Um, but that's because someone, multiple people are designated to that account and that's what they're doing as a small business owner, make it manageable. So, um, for example, women in motion, I post 
five days a week, Monday through Friday. Okay. That's very consistent. In July, I step back. I know that is a very slow month for us. I post only three times a week. And so I make it manageable. It's not about the amount that you post. It's about the value that you're adding through your post. Um, I, a lot of people try to fill white space of saying, oh, I need to post like every single day. And so they create these posts. I call them happy Tuesday posts. Like, you know, the posts are like happy Tuesday. No one cares. No one cares. It's Tuesday. You're wasting your time. No one's going to comment on that. No one cares. They're going to scroll. That's a waste of your time. So make sure that you create content um, and put it into your calendar of saying, I'm going to post three times a week. I'm going to post Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And that is more manageable than saying, I need to post every single day, three times trying to keep up, keep up with these big corporations. Mm -hmm. So it's not about the number. It's about consistency, Mm -hmm. consistently showing up. Well, I love that you, you give permission to be flexible, you know, when you're talking mm-hmm. about five days a week versus three days a week and knowing, you know, where your seasons are and, and giving yourself permission to, to step back or to, you know, engage more. I, I really like that. But what you said that really resonated with, with me is the value of what you post and, you know, and you're right. Yes. We've seen, we've seen those. And I mean, I'm not a hashtag expert, but I know some of those, you know, hashtags are just worn out. You know, the whole idea of, um, you know, Monday motivation or, you know, Tuesday tips. Sometimes those are just worn out just because they've been so overdone at this point. But the value of what you post is is really important. I think this is where creativity comes in. But let's be honest, not everybody's creative, right? everybody's creative. They just got to figure out where it is. (laughs) Well, okay. You have to at least give me some people are more creative and it comes easier for other people than. Yeah. 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 So I said, you know, if, if that's something that does like hold you back of like, I don't know what to post, Mm -hmm. that's when you use people that do similar things. I call it competition audits, right? So someone very similar to you, what are they posting? What are they doing? Can you get ideas? Don't steal their ideas, but get inspired by what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, I always say, you know, if you're doing Instagram, right? Reels. If you're on Instagram, you need to do reels because that's how you're going to draw in your audience. People who do not already follow you. So if you're like caught like a deer in headlights with that, then what you need to do is get on there and start scrolling and then saving audios or saving certain videos that resonate or that you could implement in your, um, in your social media plan, right? So just borrowing and looking at ideas, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you don't always have to reinvent the wheel all the time. Right. You know, I had this, a similar conversation with someone else recently, and I've said the same thing, you know, look at what others who are similar to you do, not to copy or steal, but for that same reason. But I, I threw in the the caveat, look outside of your local market so that your competitor Mm -hmm. can't say, oh, she's stealing everything I do. Um, so I always think it's a good idea to, to, to look outside of your immediate, um, market, um, as well. So I think that's a great idea. So where, what are some other ways besides looking at, um, what your competitors are doing? Are there any other sources where you would, you know, tell a small business owner who's, who's trying to be creative, um, where they can maybe find some good ideas? What, what are some other resources you would recommend? Um, so 
I guess kind of not necessarily resources, but when you're really trying to be creative, like you've got to think about the platform that you're on. Okay. So Instagram or Facebook, you can put multiple things on those platforms. You can do questions. You can do just text. You can do photos. You can do videos. You can do reels. You can go live. And so mixing up all those different ways um, to put out content, I mean, that can tap into something different. So uh, maybe you only use graphics, right? Maybe you need to start putting in some lifestyle photos, actually showing people what it looks like or feels like to wear their clothing or to participate in their um, restaurant or any of those things, but kind of mixing and mingling like all of those different components that you can do to create a post. Um, but when it comes to creativity, typically, that is my biggest thing of saying, okay, if, for example, if I have an event coming up, I could just post the graphic of the event. Hey, come to my event. But that's not going to draw in my audience as much as if I took that event, I create a graphic, and then I create different visuals around that event, like a lifestyle shot. So someone would say, oh, I could see myself coming to that event. I might create a reel from a previous event where I take highlights and I create this sense of FOMO, okay? Um, and then I might follow up with a different kind of graphic to draw someone in. And so it's really taking one thing and creating different ideas around that one thing. So like if I'm wearing, um, let's say a boutique, okay? I don't know really what businesses um, you reach, but if I had a boutique, I could show the outfit styled on a person or maybe a different sized person, um, someone with different coloring um, of hair, eyes, you know, kind of meeting people because people, they resonate with people that are similar to them. Right. Um, and so if they can see themselves in that product or in that space, that's, what's going to draw them in. So instead of just being so basic of, okay, this is my outfit of the day and I'm having a layout and showing it, I'm showing it in different ways. I'm still selling that same product, but I'm trying to reach my people where they are. Does that make I sense? love that. And that's a great illustration because you're hundred percent right. There's a boutique in California that I follow on Instagram and they do exactly what you're saying. They have a dress and I am a dress fiend. I wear dresses all the time. I, my, my husband and I just had a debate actually this morning about how many dresses are too many dresses, which I think it's a stupid question. Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> right? Anyway, there's a boutique out in California that I follow and she does the same thing. You know, she takes the same dress, she puts it on two or three different people of different heights, sizes, and you get that feel and you can appreciate, okay, I, I am shaped more like this one. That dress would work for me. That dress may not work for me. You know, I don't like the way it looks, but I, I love that illustration because it, it's a very powerful visual. Yeah. Well, it's important to remember that people buy from people they know, like, and trust. And so otherwise we just go to target. Right. right. Um, so it's remembering that and putting a human aspect to your feed is important. It is vital. You need to make sure you add people. People need to be present somewhere in your feed. It doesn't matter if you're an accountant or if you're whatever, you need to make sure that you're humanizing your brand. Right. You know, I, I took a class, this was years ago. I mean, I'm saying like 2017 ish. Um, I took a class on social media at a conference I went to and I will never forget this. And, it, and I found it to be true for myself. Now I'm curious about your input, especially now that we're all these years later, that the three things that you really wanted to put into your social media, if you wanted to get um, engagement were faces, 
feet and fog, the three F's. Have you ever heard that? <laughs> I definitely see faces. I'm not sure about the feet and the fog, but <laughs> I would love to hear. <laughs> I thought it was kind of interesting. So I've, I mean, but I have found like, um, cause I have a little, uh, little blog I do of my own, but if I do my graphics around faces, feet or fog, I, I tend to do get a little bit more traffic. So I was just curious. So, but, um, well, those are, that's really great advice. And like I said, I really love the, the, the importance of the value and I like the competition on it. I've not heard that phrase either. So I, I know what the difference is. I would not be able to define the difference. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Can you, you're talking about reels versus posts versus lives, all of that stuff. So tell us, can you quickly define what those are for somebody maybe who's just overwhelmed with the social media process and you're, they're thinking, yes. what on earth is she talking about a post versus a reel? What does that mean? Yes. Okay. So first of all, as I said, you know, you got to know your why, and then you've got to know where you're going to be, right? You do not have to be on all the platforms. So just note that. Um, a lot of people are like, I need to be on TikTok. Um, but do you, do you, is your audience on TikTok? Because if they're not, then you probably don't need to be there. Also, TikTok is considered an entertainment platform. Okay. So can you entertain? If you can, if it comes easy to you, if you're creative and you do these really fun reels and you would entertain someone, yeah, plop that over there on TikTok. But, you know, really think about, first of all, what is my why and where should I be? I don't have to be everywhere. Where is my audience? And then you have to dive in deeper into each of those platforms. So if I am on Facebook and Instagram have very similar type things. So I can post a graphic on both. That just means I'd maybe go into Canva. If they don't know what Canva is, it's a great tool to Love use Canva. to create graphics. So I can go into Canva. I can create a graphic for something and then a photograph. That's something easy, you know, maybe like a lifestyle shot, showing people, showing an experience through a photo. Um, live means that I would, I'm actually talking to my audience live. And those on Facebook are shared um, directly to my feed once they go live. So a lot of times with lives, people don't watch them while you're actually live. So I always suggest to people, if you're going live, don't say, oh, we're going to wait a few minutes to see if anyone hops on. No, just start talking. People typically will watch it later. Um, so, and also too, people are like, well, if I go live and no one's there and I'm trying to get people to ask me questions, what do I do? I say, make up your own questions. No one knows. <laughs> no one knows <laughs> that you're answering your own questions. Say, oh, Sally over there. Um, she sent this one in by email. Let's answer her question. So really just, if you're going live, just starting off the gate and just giving them the value that they need. Um, a reel is what is trending right now. You can do it on Facebook and you can do it on Instagram. Reels are short form video and short form video is what is hot right now. That's why our attention spans are so short. Think of it like a TikTok. Okay. Um, right now you can, you can film up to 60 seconds. I believe on Instagram, it changes constantly. So honestly don't know exactly how long they are, but it's just like little clips. Um, you can use audio um, that you find on uh, the platform. Um, just note that if you are a business, you have a limited um, amount of audio files that you can use. Um, if you're a creator, um, then you can use a lot more. Um, so a reel is just short form video. It's those things that you've seen. Um, what are some of the other ones? We said graphics, we said photos, we said lives, we said reels. Um, and right now reels are a way to draw in an audience that they do not know you. Um, 
Also, there's something called stories. So stories are both on Facebook and Instagram. My suggestion is if you are on Instagram and you're on Facebook, go ahead and put that story on Instagram and make it automatically go to Facebook. There's no point in doing double work when you can use it for the same. Stories are what I call a mullet. I don't know if y'all know, I mean, we're in the South. <laughs> mullets, you know, you got the business in the front and the party in the back. So your story is where you are trying to kind of create this, um, this, uh, I'm lost for words here. Look, when you're trying to create kind of an experience and really dive in and get to know your audience better, you're giving them the behind the scenes. It's the party. It's not as polished. It's not as professional. It's really kind of trying to connect with your audience. Um, you won't grow your audience by only posting stories because that is only shown to your current followers. Reels, on the other hand, will be shown to people that don't follow you. Um, Facebook is also toying around with the idea of showing your content to people who don't follow you, trying to entice you to follow them. Um, Instagram's kind of similar. If it's a real right now, images aren't showing up in other people's feeds. Um, so that's kind of the lay of the land for those two platforms. When you get into other platforms like YouTube or Twitter, which is a, kind of a dumpster fire right now, we don't know what's going on with Twitter yet. Or TikTok, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I, well, you know, Twitter, I've, I mean, frankly, I've always just been anti-Twitter because I've been a writer for 15 plus years and that character limitation and truncated everything. I was like, uh-uh, that's a hot mess, can't deal with it. So I've never been a Twitter fan. Um, I've, I've actually refused to participate in Twitter world. So well, and it's mostly the people who are on Twitter are mostly men. Um, and it talks more like sports and um, politics. And so if your audience is there, then you should be there. But, you know, um, if your audience is not, you know, typically male or into politics or into those kind of things, then it, it's probably a waste of your time. Um, so it just really depends. And TikTok also is another one that's kind of, we don't know what's going to happen. There's a lot of rumors about it being taken down. Um, they're the same with Twitter. Twitter's losing so much money right now. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, and so that kind of goes into the another point of social media is valuable. It's important, you know, know where you need to be, but always have a backup plan. We do not own our followers on any of these platforms. They are not ours. That platform can go away tomorrow. We have no control over it. So always collect an email address, no matter what, not even if you never even send an email to anyone, always start collecting email addresses just so you have a backup plan. That's really, really good advice. I've never thought about that. I mean, it's so integrated. We don't think about it going mm -hmm. away, but you're hundred percent right. Um, one thing you said that you've brought up a couple of times, and I want to dive into this a little bit. How do you know where your audience is? You need to do a deep dive onto a, um, I call them avatars, really visualizing who your audience is and then doing a little search. So there's plenty of stats out there. Um, you can just look for current stats of, you know, Facebook or Instagram, but let me just give you a really quick dive into who's where. <laughs> um, and it changes, you know, as we grow older, um, Facebook is a little bit of your older crowd. Okay. It's your moms, it's your grandmas. Um, if you're running a business, Facebook is a great thing to have just because you might not utilize it as much. Your audience might not be there, but it will pull in Google search. 
If you are optimized, you have your entire um, Facebook accounts, you have like keywords in there, you explain what your business is, what they do, put that in there. And so if someone's searching for you, you can pop up easier, especially if you don't have a website. So Facebook's for your older crowd, um, averaging, you know, male, female, it's about average. Um, it's more of your, it's most people are on Facebook, your younger crowd. They're not so much on there, but some of them, my students have to be on there. I make them. <laughs> um, so then Instagram, you know, it's, it's still, you know, it's kind of getting older as well, but it's still, it's a little younger, fresher, male to female. I think there's a little bit more females on that platform. It's more of a visual platform. It's a hard grow. Okay. So it's not easy to grow on Instagram. It's not an overnight thing unless you have a reel that goes viral and you talk about one topic. A good example of this is there was someone who um, actually had a meeting with her and she was talking about her Instagram, how she was going to grow it and what she needed to do. Well, she had a reel that went viral and she jumped in numbers. But the only reason she jumped and did so well was because her entire feed was on the topic that she went viral for. So she's a food blogger. So everything on her feed had to do with food. And so she went viral for a food video. So people are going to follow her because they know what to expect, right? They can look at her feed and say, oh, she does food. I'm going to follow her. So if I went viral for making a latte, but I'm an artist, someone's going to say, oh, that's a cool video. But they're going to go to my feed and say, oh, but she's an artist. She doesn't make lattes. I want to follow someone who only makes lattes. So niching that down and making sure that your feed um, is like, I went on a tangent, <laughs> making sure that your feed kind of like represents who you are and what you do. So Instagram, a little bit younger crowd. It's a little bit, um, you know, more visual, you know, components to that. TikTok's your younger crowd. People are creeping into that a little bit. Remember it's mostly entertainment. Okay. Um, so if you can entertain people and you think that you can draw in an audience that way, by all means, go for it. If you do really good reels over here on Instagram, why not put them over there on TikTok as well? Snapchat is for your really young people, 13, 14 year olds. Um, so if you're selling candy, maybe you want to be on Snapchat. I don't know. Um, LinkedIn is more for your professionals. Okay. So it's more for the B2B, which is called business to business people. So I always like to use um, the office as an example of that, right? It's a paper company and um, the London and Miffler, right? They're a paper company from the office. Yes, fantastic. She has a mug. <laughs> right. I mean, this we won't be having video here on the podcast, but I am drinking from my world's best boss, Dunder Mifflin. Mm -hmm. So you got me at the office. <laughs> yes. So that is your business to business. Also, I've seen some people um, do well over there on LinkedIn. So let's say that you, you sell a very high-end product and you know that most of the people who buy your product are on LinkedIn. You could technically utilize that platform. So just um, doing like a general search for, okay, I really want to be on Instagram. Let me make sure that my audience is there. Pinterest is another great one. Um, I I love Pinterest. It's one of my favorites. I, I'm a Pinterest creator, meaning I just create fun videos on there. Um, so Pinterest is one of those mostly female. Okay. So mostly female. It's also a visual platform. And Pinterest is great because the content is evergreen. Meaning if I put something out today, it will be there three years from now if someone searches for it or searches for that idea or concept. Um, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, all of those things are gone within 24 hours. So, right. you know, that's another thing to think about. Yeah. Yeah, I, my head is spinning from all of that because, I mean, yeah, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. I do love P 
Pinterest. But I have to admit, I don't think of Pinterest as social media. I, I don't know why I've never considered it, it that now. way. And, you know, the same thing with YouTube. You, you mentioned YouTube. I'm like, well, that's not that's not social media, but you're right. It is. Yeah. Um, I just people have conversations. It is like what makes social media is the social aspect. And now there's ways to communicate on Pinterest as well as YouTube, um, TikTok as well, but they have claimed themselves as being an entertainment platform. Okay. So what are your thoughts? Okay. So, all right. So we've defined how to find our audience. We've defined, you know, how to, what all these different components are. We've talked about value. Um, so, you know, you've got a small business owner who's now ready. Okay. Now I feel prepared. I'm going to dive into a social media plan. What are your thoughts and recommendations on utilizing social media schedulers? Okay. So before you even think about the schedule, you got to have a calendar, right? So going back to our why, now we know we're going to post consistently. And so I literally, I wish I had it, but I have a paper calendar because I'm still old fashioned like that. And so I will mark down, okay, I'm going to post three times this week. I want to post one reel every every week. So on my calendar, I'll kind of write that out and map it out for myself. I know here I'm doing a graphic. I don't want to double graphics. So I might want to do a graphic on a Monday, a lifestyle shot on a Friday, a reel on a Wednesday. So I kind of plan that out on my calendar. Um, when I have a plan and then I know what I'm going to do, then I'll go in and schedule. So I like to utilize a platform that I'm, I'm posting on. So for example, for Facebook and Instagram, Meta has a great scheduler for free. Okay. A lot of times as small business owners, we pay out so much that, you know, we need to utilize any free resources we have. Yep. Um, so I used to recommend creators business, but I'm not creators business, but creators studio that is going away now. Now you will be scheduling under business suite, meta business suite. And this just happened literally last week <laughs> that they're switching over. So it changes constantly. Um, and with that, I have not been able to find an easy link to get onto meta business suite. And so the only way I've been able to access is it by Googling Meta Business Suite Scheduler. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? They don't make it easy on us, okay? They don't, and they're always moving, always moving mm -hmm. parts. Always, yes. Um, so utilizing, it's very simple to schedule in there. It's, it's great. Um, you can schedule to both Facebook and Instagram. You can connect the two accounts on there. Um, so that's a free resource. LinkedIn is supposed to be coming out with a free scheduler. They're owned by Microsoft, so things are a little bit slower to come out and down the pike. Pinterest, you can schedule directly onto Pinterest. Um, Instagram Reels, you can now schedule your Reels in, on your phone, which is fantastic. That just came out, I would say, a couple weeks ago. Um, so you can go ahead and have that Reel ready and you can schedule it out. Um, so most platforms are coming out with their own method of scheduling. And as I said, you don't have to be everywhere. So be kind of specific. Where should I be? What is offered to me within that platform that I could utilize for free? And then kind of go from there. Canva is another great one. Just note that if you're, um, a business, you can schedule on Canva. If you're a creator, it won't let you really schedule to Instagram and Facebook, um, and LinkedIn, I've used that to schedule as well. So, and what I mean, the difference between a creator and a, and a business. So 
Okay, so there's really not a huge difference. If you're going to be running ads, um, you know, you do want to make sure that you're compliant and you are a business. But as a creator, if you're creating content, if you're adding value, there's nothing wrong with being a creator on a platform. It's You get better music, <laughs> basically, <laughs> is what it comes down to. You get better music as a creator. And I feel like most people who are on social media are creating content. So, you know, it's, it's just a little fuzzy right now. Right. So um, one more question um, for you. Uh, you have no idea how much I've enjoyed talking to you and um, the wisdom you're sharing is so appreciated. Um, but when it comes to, we've got the great content, we've got it posted. It's out there on all these platforms that where our audience is at, but now we need to respond to the audience. So mm-hmm. that in and of itself, to me can get overwhelming because I mean, I, I think about all the different communication platforms we have. We have email, we have phone, we have text, we have messenger. Uh, believe it or not, people still use fax machines. Um, you know, we're just, there's so many different directions that we are bombarded with, with um, communication. And so the whole idea of, okay, now I've got to manage an inbox and social media and I've got to do this and that can, can again, just feel overwhelming at times. So um, what are, what are your thoughts about responding to the audience and making sure that we can stay on top of that? Well, there's really no easy way around it unless you have an amazing intern who will go in there and comment back to everyone. Um, but I do suggest going in at least once a day and saying, oh, if someone comments on one of my posts, I need to comment back. You need to comment back and make them feel important because you're trying to build that relationship with your audience on the platform. It's social media because of that social component. Also, the more engagement, if someone comments on your post and you comment back and they comment and you're creating this conversation, that is what they want. They want to create these platforms that we can communicate and that we can really talk to each other and have conversation. And so that's going to build up and make that one post be seen more and more and more. Okay. So it's going to get more engagement. So anytime someone makes a comment on your post, be sure to answer them. Be sure to kind of like start that conversation. Um, DMs are great on Instagram. I think Instagram's really pushing this whole DM, which is just direct message. Um, So, you know, you can set up like pre-scheduled like DMs. So someone... Um, DMs you something and it's a question you get all the time, you can have saved responses that can easily be like sent to them. Um, But, you know, showing up in people's DMs is also another way that Instagram's engaging the fact that people are using your social media. They enjoy your content and they're going to show it more to them. Um, So it is, it's, there's no easy answer there. Sometimes you just got to put in the work, but what I suggest so you don't lose your mind is just maybe set up like a time if we're, you know, I don't know, I'm a mom. So I'm maybe sitting in like car rider line, just sitting there. If there are times during the day when you're just sitting there, see if you can just answer some of those comments and questions. Don't let it consume you. Just, so it's you know, block out some time. Frame, like you need to respond within you know, eight business hours or, I mean, if, if a couple of days goes by, I mean, is that a bad thing? I mean, it, it, I guess think about it from the person, like if they took the time to comment on your post or to send you a DM and you're not responding, you know, quickly, it could make them feel, well, they don't care or value me. So I do think you need to respond fairly quickly when someone is asking a question. Now, if you get huge and big and you were like, you know, having a thousand DMs in a day or, you know, that you, you might need to hire some help at that point. Right. But, you know, if it's just like a handful, let's say like five messages and like you get a couple of comments, 
Like those should be able to be answered within like, you know, a couple of minutes if you can and save those. Like if someone constantly asks you a question, go ahead and just save that answer and you can, you can quickly respond back to them. I don't really like the automatic message. You can do that when someone sends you a DM, you can automatically say, Hey, we'll get back to you within X, X amount of time. Sometimes I feel like that's not personal. Like you're, you're trying to make these connections with people. So just allot that time or find somebody on your team or in your office who, who can be dedicated to answering the questions in the comments. Okay. You've given so much great advice, Pam. Um, How can somebody get in touch with you if they have additional questions? Yes. So you can find me on Instagram at the Pam Baldwin. Um, Also, my email is thepambaldwin at gmail.com. So I'm happy if you guys want to reach out. Um, And I am, you know, just let me know if you have questions or follow along, um, follow my art journey on the Pam Baldwin. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Pam, for for being a part of the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce podcast today and and sharing your wisdom and your expertise and experience. I know that our um, our chamber community will greatly appreciate this. Until next time, everybody, this is Denise, and I appreciate you listening. Make sure that you subscribe and that you follow and you share on social media our podcast, right? Help us get some some additional listeners. So thank you again for joining me today, Pam. Thank you for having me. Once again, thank you for listening to the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce podcast. The Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce is a member-focused business community. I invite you to learn more about the chamber by visiting our website, louisville-clemens.com. And while we're in the world of audio, it's time for the fine print. Everyone has an opinion, but in this case, the views and the opinions stated in this podcast are solely those of the contributors and not necessarily those of our distributors. So now that you've been appropriately advised, let me remind you that this podcast is copyrighted and cannot be reproduced without expressed written consent of the Louisville Clements Chamber of Commerce.